Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most, Phil Better, and you are listening to my conversation with Kellen Fluginger. Uh, an amazing entrepreneur from the West Coast. Kellen, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Happy to be here, Phil. Thank you for telling me a little about yourself before we started and inviting me to perhaps bring some value to your listeners. Oh, I'm so excited to talk with you because I've read up on you. And uh, so I'm going to ask you just to give us a quick introduction so that my audience gets to know a bit about you before we jump into your story. So I have kind of an interesting background. Uh, if I start, depending on who, who I introduce myself to, I might start with my 30 years in the energy industry and at all levels, including senior executive C-suite positions. And depending on if I'm talking to somebody else, I might say I opened my first recording studio as an entrepreneur in the early 80s, so some 40 years ago. So I, would, I did both at the same time for a long time. And why I closed the studio in 95 and pursued the corporate career for a little while, pretty much exclusively is, uh, is also an interesting story, but the, the key piece is the in and out. So I've had 30 years of executive and other kinds of corporate experience. I've been running businesses off and on several different kinds for 40 years. Today, and for the last 12 years, 15 years, I've been self-employed either as a consultant. Today, and for the last 10 years, I work as a coach, business coach, and life coach with clients around the world. And I still have a recording studio here in the basement, and I've just finished two albums, debuting some of the songs this Wednesday night, so the day after tomorrow. Excellent. No, I love that. So for my audience to know, this is a pre-recorded episode. It's being recorded on the 29th of August. So these the songs will be out. What is your album about or your albums about? So that uh, the, the, there's, there's two of them, but the first album is called Name of the Black. And that would be like a cryptic name. And someone would say, why in the world would you name an album Name of the Black? And the reason I did is because it is 11 stories and songs that came from my book, Tightrope of Depression. I had 40 years of undiagnosed, untreated depression that spanned my corporate career. And even though I was a high-ranking, high-powered, blah, blah, blah executive, I had a trashed life behind the scenes, kind of like you see in movies. Big dog in the front and behind all kinds of scary stuff going on, wrecking relationships, uh, some rehab stints, and all of the rest kind of secretly going on. Finally, I wrote the book, Tightrope of Depression, which came out in 2015, so about six years ago. And I decided, because I'm a musician, hey, I can better tell these stories if I also write some music. So I wrote 11 original songs to tell the stories of that. Now, if you'll uh, just indulge me for oh, a moment please. in order not to leave it in the dark, I, I actually never intended to write another book beyond Tightrope. It got to be an Amazon number one bestseller and all that sort of stuff. And then I realized as soon as I got done and it was published in 2017, 16, I mean, 
uh, it wasn't done and I needed to continue. So I wrote volume two, even though I had never intended to, called Down from the Gallows, The Truth, the Myth, and the Battles of a Creative with Depression, which all entrepreneurs are creative. So then I wrote that and also did an album of 11 songs with that. It's going to turn out to be a trilogy and volume three will be out at the end of next year. Although I never intended to do that when I started. So the name of the second album is Promise and Power and has 11 stories and songs about taking control and some uh, getting, you know, getting better, like doing better recovery, that sort of thing, and climbing out of the hole. So that's kind of where what those are. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to them when they, they drop. So please do send me an email when they are released so that I can listen to them and support you. Um, but I, I, you, you, we mentioned before, as we were before we talked that you transitioned from being a C-suite level executive to being an entrepreneur. And you've been an entrepreneur pretty much your whole life. You're saying with the recording studios and being a musician, what made you decide to be finally just commit 100% to the life of an entrepreneur? Uh, I always had wanted to. So that had ties into the depression piece. When I was younger growing up, my, uh, I, I was raised in a place that had a lot of, um, let's say discipline. And in my years today, that stuff would be felony child abuse, actually what I had. And so I ad adopted the feeling that I wasn't good enough. My mom particularly was, was the, the violent one. And, um, the interesting thing was I took away from that, that I'm, I'm not good enough. She thought musicians were evil because I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. I was born in the time of the birth of the whole hippie movement and Jerry Garcia and, you know, the, 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 West and, the freedom movement. Yeah. The whole thing. And so we lived in that area. And so being a musician was the last thing that was okay. So I was discouraged from that, even though my heart was there. So I, I did it. I opened a studio. I put out a few albums in the 80s. And then in 1992, I closed the studio and quit my own career and pursued the corporate thing with a vengeance. Uh, I was very successful at it and got way up, you know, high level stuff. But underneath, I was unhappy. And that fight led to a lot of the manifestations of depression and including substances and wrecked relationships and all that sort of thing. Finally, it got so bad that I realized that I was going to die, most literally, if I didn't change. So I just walked away from the corporate stuff. No one has to wait till that drastic of a thing to do it. But for me, in 2007, I walked away. I just walked away from the contracts and everything that I had and said, I have to do something else. And at that time, I wasn't even sure what something else was. I was just sure it was not that anymore. No, oh, I can only, I, I, I am, I can understand that last year I had my uh, first ever burnout from work and the negativity of my life. So I understand wanting to just like walk away and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm setting the path so that I can get onto my freedom and no longer be part of that corporate world because it is draining. It drains a creative soul. I find uh, being there because you you don't get to express yourself. And that hundred percent agree with you. And I, at that time, I hadn't, I wasn't even sure what I was going to do. I just knew it wasn't that. I had some really powerful interventions, not from people, divine interventions that sort of helped me get clean, sober, and didn't fix the depression, but it got me out of the one and set on another path. And I had to sort of make it up as I went along. But that started, that was the start of the journey at the end of, right at the end of 2007. So 
13, 14 years ago. No, that's, that's incredible to see uh, the, the huge change, plus the two albums, the trilogy of books that are coming out. Just an amazing journey from the kind of, like you said, the darkest part of your life. Now you're into this bright, shining uh, moment. Um, throughout your, your career, could be corporate or your entrepreneurial career, what would you say would been, have been the best moment or moments of your life? The, the moments, this is going to sound a little cryptic. The moments are the ones that you allow to change you. Sometimes they're of your own creation because you're seeking. Sometimes they're things that happen around you. But I, the, the truth is the, the yearning that we all feel to, you know, I hear people all the time in my coaching practice that I have now created since that 14 years say, I want to help people. And they say those kinds of words. I like to do things to help people. That yearning that we all feel is just part of our natures. We're the spirit, whatever that at life essence is of us. Our spirit is a divine creation. We're, we're here in a body and we have whatever kind of experience we have, but we have this yearning to do something, be creative, to be effectively what would be an entrepreneur to, to figure out some way to do that in the service of others and hopefully make it into a living and make some money and, you know, turn it into a business also. But the driver for a lot of people is, is service. And so the big turning points are when I have allowed that voice of change, the voice of trusting my own intuition, the voice of it's really possible when I've allowed that voice to speak and to hear it and then to take action because of it. Those are the moments of change. Oh, I love that. Such a, such a poetic way of sharing great like you said it was cryptic but for me it wasn't cryptic because i understand it because i know what is that yearning to help people because i just want to help people get better at podcasting grow their podcast because that's such a is, i think is such an amazing tool to share your story with people um so i fully fully understand where you were coming with that um if if you had the chance to redo everything would you have changed anything in your life you know, you get asked that question a lot when you've been go when you've gone through, you know, multiple st stints in rehab, problems with addiction. If I tell the dark stories, there's a couple of suicide attempts. I mean, my life had some pretty rowdy segments, and even at the same time, with a facade of importance and making a lot of money and all that crap, and. And people ask that, well, would you redo it? And here, the truth, the real truth is I wouldn't change anything. And here's the reason. We have X years, 50, 100, somewhere in there, unless we have some reason to be really short in life. The thing that we, we came here with time, however much, we came here with the freedom to choose. And we were each also given some kinds of gifts uh, everybody has their own different gifts, the way they help, the way they serve, the way they're drawn to do that. And what I've discovered is the most painful and difficult things in my life are the things that have created for me special empathy and special power, as it were, to help a certain group of people 
who yearn to be eagles flying into the sun and are held back by the constant refrain of doubt, not good enough, who am I to this, that, and the other, and all the rest that everybody who felt that knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say that stuff. And my journey through hell and all those places gives me real opportunity to have some empathy and to be a catalyst for those who want to get past it. So no, for those reasons, I wouldn't change anything, even though today I'm still dealing with some of the fallout from all the rowdy decades. I like that. A very interesting take on it. Um, now, you've been an entrepreneur for on and off for quite some time, most of your, your life. What advice would you have for someone who's either on the fence or just about to start their entrepreneurial journey? So I, when I, and this is right at my coaching alley. I always ask people, like, what's the driver? You know, some people have the misunderstanding that if you're an entrepreneur, somehow you make a lot of money. That's usually not true. Most entrepreneurs don't make a lot of money. Some have the idea that it provides you ultimate freedom because uh, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's not true either, because in my entrepreneurial experience, you work more as an entrepreneur than you ever did in a 40, 50 or 60 hour uh, work week, even when I had high ranking positions and I had to work extra and there was a lot of stuff. So there is a freedom of determination, who you want to serve, how you want to be. There is that. Don't proceed on the myth that somehow you're going to make a lot of money. Don't proceed. You're going to get rich quick. If I gave you some advice, and this is the advice I give or, or help entrepreneur wannabes or startups and stuff discover, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is it that you want to be said about you? Oh, yeah, Phil, he's the guy that. Like, what's in that blank? Or Jane, she's a gal that, oh, yeah, you got to go see her because she, like, what? What is the thing that you want to be true for you that's said about the value you bring? Because if you're an entrepreneur, you have to create something. People have to want it. They have to pay you for it. There has to be a mechanism for them to find your stuff, to understand that it solves some problem or need that they have. And then they have to trust and believe that you are there and that what you have will serve them. That conversation about what that is and how you're going to serve them and why that's important to you is really important to start with, because otherwise it's easy to quit. It's easy to give up. It's easy to get discouraged and on and on and on. I love that. Find, find your why, find your, your raison d'être, if you want to throw some fancy French words in there. Raison d'être, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, no, you ha I always ask this whenever I get a new client coming in regarding their podcast. I always, I always ask them, like, the, what is their why? Why did they start their podcast? What do they want their podcast to be in the next couple of years? And so, like, are you serving someone with your podcast? Or are you just doing it for fun? What is your why for podcasting? So it's the same with business You need your, or being an entrepreneur. You need to have that why. Why are you doing this? Is it just to get money? Because if you're chasing money, it will never come because it's always going to run away from you. Um, like you said, most entrepreneurs don't make a lot of money. 
Well, you can. I don't want to be discouraged. Like when I was an executive, I made a lot of money. I had way more money than brains. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to support my habits. <laughs> at the time. Uh, way more money than brains. Uh, it was, I can't even, it's an obscene amount of money I spent. But anyway, podcast is funny because I have a podcast too. And I love the fact that you're doing this. How mine started is hysterical because at the beginning of the pandemic in May, March, excuse me, March of 2020. So some 18 months ago, nearly 17. Yeah. Um, my wife is my business partner and she's a brilliant entrepreneur in her own right. She's had an antique fetish and eBay and collectible and some run some physical antique stores and a bunch of stuff. And so she's a master at a lot of that stuff. She does all our backend stuff and funnels and stuff. that's way over my pay grade anyway. <laughs> so somebody called her and when I, after I'd been a coach for a while, I started speaking at different events and, you know, kind of doing motivational stuff and encouraging people kind of like the way that we're talking today. And in March of the last year, somebody called her up and said to her, uh, this is right when the shutdowns were starting. So they were looking for some, you know, encouraging stuff. And they said to her, uh, does Kellen have a podcast? And she hesitated and then said, yes. And then she came downstairs and said, we have a podcast. <laughs> and so that's how the podcast started. And I named it Your Ultimate Life. And I defined it a particular way, creating a life of purpose, prosperity and joy by serving with your divine gifts. And I made the decision that it was going to be a daily podcast. Uh, only 15 minutes was going to be a daily podcast. And there was a lot of work there, but I just recorded episode 471 today. So I've been going at it now for 17 months. And that's how mine started a random phone call. And my wife coming downstairs saying, hey, we have a podcast. So there we go. I, I love it how an opportunity of possibly saying no turns into creating this this journey for you in podcasting. I am interested. Um, since you've done over 400 episodes, close to 500 episodes now, what are some of the maybe pain points that you were able to solve with your podcasting? Uh, and so are you talking about the pain points of getting it going, keeping it going and persevering, or are you talking yes. pain points of the listeners? Let, let's, let's take it on the, uh, the podcaster side, your pain points that you've like staying motivated to keep the podcast going, not seeing the initial bump that most people think they're going to get with listenership and the downloads, like a pain point that you face and you were able to overcome through your podcast. Thank you for asking that, because that's actually really important for every one of you entrepreneurs listening to this. Unless you're weird and weirdly lucky, you're going to start your entrepreneurial journey and then in either 15 minutes, 15 days or 15 months, wondering what the heck you were doing. You're going to wonder why you did this and whether or not you were an idiot and whether or not you were cut out to this. Some version of that's going to cross your mind. Too much work, too hard. Nobody knows. Nobody hears. Nobody cares. This is why your why was important. So when Joy came down and said, we have a podcast, I thought to myself, okay, why would I go to the trouble 
because I created an intro and some music and some of the music I use on there's original. And I had joy do the intro voice and the outro voice. And because I've owned a studio, I know how to do all the sweetening and all that stuff, but it took a lot of work and I have to do the episodes every day. And I've decided to have some guests on a few times, like one, every third or fourth one is a guest and all of that work. And we have certainly, when I got to 30, first, it was a really good idea. And then I got to 30 and then 40. And then it's like, oh man, that's a lot of work. And how many is it? What is this doing any good kind of feeling? And do we have anybody? And then I went back to why am I doing this? I made a choice to create a podcast and I don't care how many people listen. I am trying in my way to help people understand their divinity, their opportunity, and the fact that they can create anything they want, no matter where they are, what's happened. And I described it as your ultimate life. And so I just decided, I don't give a crap. I'm just doing this because I said so. And that is the thing that has kept it going even though we've got some, you know, reader listenership's gone up and all that other stuff. But in the dark days would always come and they don't only come once. The answer is you did it and you're doing it because you said so, period. I love that. I love that because it, it is sometimes having multiple podcasts. It is very hard to stay that you keep going because you do get those down days. Those dark days do come. And then you wonder, is anybody listening? Because you don't get that engagement or you get that engagement once in a blue moon. And you're like, is it really worth it? But like you said, you have to remember your why of why you started this to help people learn and become better in them uh, for themselves with your knowledge or with your entertainment, depending on the reason you did your podcast. Yeah. Um, Kellen, we are coming up close to the end here. And I hate when we get to the end of the episodes because I have so much fun talking with my guests. But I would like, apart from your books, which I'm going to be definitely picking up because it's going to, uh, I believe it's its always best to learn from people who are have different life journeys than you and you can avoid or even learn from them. But what are some books you would suggest to entrepreneurs? Either they're starting their career, they're in the middle of their career of as being an entrepreneur that could help them. So I'll list some books written by others and some of mine. I've written 13, but lots of other books that I've read. So one fabulous book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. He talks about the same thing, and he's one of the most recognized public speakers. Start With Why by, uh, by as I mentioned, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. Uh, I wrote a book called The Results Equation, which is from dream to done in five simple steps. It's a process for just setting goals and for achieving them. And it's one of the 90 day coaching groups that I run. Another book that I really uh, enjoy is a book uh, called, it's by Eckhart Tolle mm. called The Power of Now, which really focuses on the only thing that we really have to control, which is this moment. I did a funny thing. I arbitrarily defined a moment as 8.64 seconds. And people ask, where in the world did that come from? Well, 60 seconds in a minute. So 60 times 60 times 24, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. I arbitrarily decided we should have 10,000 moments in a day. And so that means a moment is 8.64 seconds. And I did that because when we say live in the moment, that's often, it feels so short that we don't know what it is. 
8.64 seconds seemed long enough to, to like get your teeth into and short enough to still be a moment. And there's still 10,000 of them in a day. So the power of now is a real wake up call to, to not live in the future and in the past, but to live here now, which is the only time you can do anything. The last book I'll mention is any book, and I've written five of five volume series, but any book on learning how to meditate. Meditation, learning how to do that is the best single skill. Now, I know you're going to think I'm weird, but the best single skill you can have to live your life well and to be a good entrepreneur is to learn how to meditate. You'll create time, you'll get rid of distractions, and you'll be far more easily able to return to your motivating why than with any other practice. So those are the books. I love it. And I'm definitely going to be picking up uh, the power of now because I have read some of uh, um, Eckhart's other books. So and I haven't picked up now and the results as well as the start with your why uh, look like amazing books. I'm a voracious book eater. I love just getting as much knowledge from people that I admire. So those are going to definitely be added to my list. Well, if you want to see in a mine, any of mine, all you got to do is put my name in on Amazon. There's books and music and everything else. Definitely going to be picking up some of your books because I'm looking forward to learning more about you. Um, Kellen, we're coming to the end. So I'm going to just shut up for a bit and I'm going to let you let my audience know where they can find you if they want to learn more about you. So the floor is yours, sir. If I can serve you in any way, I'd be thrilled to do it. The things that I offer, I offer coaching, business coaching, entrepreneurial startup coaching, but it's really mainly focused on getting clear about who you want to be in the world. My email is coach. Kellen Flukiger at gmail.com. And yes, you'll have to look in the show notes and spell it right, or I'll never get it. The other thing you can do is connect with me on Facebook. Uh, I use Facebook Messenger a lot. I have a YouTube channel that's got a few hundred videos, but Facebook Messenger is easy. There are only two Kellen Flukigers in the world of 8 billion people, and the other one is my son. So you <laughs> won't have trouble finding me there or my email. Uh, feel free to reach out. And if I can serve you in some way, uh, I'd be happy to do it uh, any, any way that makes sense. Excellent. Kellen, I want to thank you so much for being a guest. Your knowledge and the conversation we had was one that I really do appreciate because it's it was, it, was, it was a moment, if you will. It may not have been an eight point six, four second moment, but it was a good 30 minute <laughs> moment for me. I look at my life as 30 minute moments, uh, but I may start looking, maybe they're a bit smaller. They can be smaller in those eight, eight second moments. Um, everybody, my audience, the notes, the show notes will have all the links to Kellen's uh, books, to his website, to his Facebook, everywhere that you can connect with them, even his email address. And I'll make sure it's spelt out correctly for you. I forgot. I do have a website, which is of course, www.kellenflukiger.com. Yes. Um, so I want to thank you all for being here, listening in and Kellen, thank you for giving us uh, some of your time and sharing your story with us, ladies and gentlemen, please remember to always invest in yourself.